This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. 45 seconds. Oh my God. You know what, Jason? I was just about to finish it and edit it all out, but you can do the intro if you want, if you want to do the intro. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Papa. I'm sorry. Welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is your 40k podcast that focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. 45 seconds later, after the best intro on the internet, here I am. I am Mr. Petey Pop. I am the host of Chapter Tactics. And with me, I have the TO from the largest event in 40k that happened this weekend, I think. I'm pretty sure, though. Jason, let's just call it like that. Yep. What's up, guys? Fellow chapter tacticies and errs. Tacticians. Yeah, there we go. One one and all. One and all. You you sitting right here listening to the podcast? Yeah, we're talking to you. Mm. I'm not. I've also got the two beautiful voices you just heard. Mr. The Falcon. Kaka! Since when is he a Mr. Anything? Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. And Sir Scarry. No, don't give me those accolades. I'm just the creature that haunts this you. This guy's been night. on this show for like, what, three weeks? And he's just dropping shade? Oh, man. What is this all Jeez. about? I'm all about the shade. Bring we on the have, Mandrix, yo! We have a visitor on the show, and he <laughs> thinks highly of us. I'll have you. Uh, I want you two on your best what? behavior this show. Well, to because... be honest, I think highly of two people, and one of them is not the rhino. Oh! Ouch. Oh, my gosh. I like it. I like it. Well, shade. So on the Shady Shady Show... We also have a shady, shady FAQ, a super secret FAQ that dropped. We're definitely going to be talking a little bit about that. Um, and it's partly shady because the Forge World FAQ secretly dropped, and also because the September FAQ was so small, you need a microscope to actually be able to see what happened and how it changed the 40K landscape. Uh, we're also going to be talking primarily about the Iron Halo. There's a little bit of controversy that came out of the event. Uh, finally, Orktober came a little early this year, and Orcs did win the event. And there were no Space Marines in the top four. So, rejoice. We have a little reprieve from the Space Marine-dominated meta in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And then we're also going to talk about the Iron Halo Twitch stream. It was a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of good stuff there, too. Uh, Peter was there for most of it, and Skari and myself were on it as guest shoutcasters. So, there's a lot of good stuff this episode, um, but it isn't going to be a focused episode where we talk about one specific topic. We're going to jump primarily from topic to topic surrounding there in Halo. Can we say it is a hot topic? Oh! Mm, like the store? The store. I think that's mm, going I got out it. of business. Yeah, I got it. Oh, Wait, is it? That's a shame. Is that like an actual store? 
Yeah. Oh, not yeah, just, I'm messing with you. Scary. Uh, <laughs> I know you shop there from like 1998 till 2004. If anyone in the 41st millennium would shop at Hot Topic, it would be Dark Eldar. No, it this would is be the way it is. It would be Rid Van Martinez. It, it would absolutely. Hey, I bet he what? worked there. Did you work there? Did you have like a little tag? Oh, and... I'm sure he did. I do not recall. Uh, it's because it's a traumatic memory. Yeah, dyed his hair yeah. pure black. He, he had the studded leather wrist, wristbands. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Uh, so today's episode was brought to you by the Frontline Gaming Network. FrontlineGaming.org, where your one-stop shop for all tabletop goodies, including ITC terrain, FLG mats, and the second-hand shop. And finally, it was brought to you by you wonderful patrons over at our Patreon. Uh, so, I've been thinking a little bit about the Patreon. Uh, this month, we are going to be doing the giveaway still. You get one vehicle. Today, this episode is the last possible day you can sign up on Patreon to win that. I will be doing the raffle next video. Um, so, basically... Today, actually this week, this week is the last week to do that. I'm going to extend it a little bit into October. Um, I'm going to give away one vehicle of your choice. Non-Forge World, sorry, I'm not ah, rich. Lame. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted that Astraea so bad. Oh, no. I know. So but one, vehicle, right? One, so that's like... One uh... unit with the vehicle keyword in it, yes. Okay, perfect. Uh, it could we be a Baneblade, a Stompa, Knight, yeah. All of those are perfectly on the table. Um, not Warlord Titans, you know, none of that stuff. Um but I wanted to give away something special. I so one vehicle of your choice to the winner. If you have Whirlwind Scorpius. <laughs> I, I do have actually, I have two blue ones painted that if you guys... If I'll give you $2 them. for one after mm. the FAQ. That's $1. A, that's a steal. That's my final offer. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in that, just go... Works. If you're interested in potentially winning that on the raffle, go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics to support the podcast. You also get access to our exclusive Facebook group, our Discord channel, and starting sometime soon, as soon as things get less busy, uh, you will get access to weekly interview episodes. Um, mm. So stay tuned for more information on that. Um, but basically, I've decided I'm going to start ramping up the content for the patrons. Uh, they do so much to help support me, and I feel like I'm not giving enough in return. So I want to do something extra in the form of extra content for the patrons as patron-exclusive content. You also, know, Pablo, I'm probably going to hop on Discord a lot more. I have a great idea for you for for more content. I mean, Shoot. how about you strap on a GoPro and we see what you do every day? So that way we can see how much of a taskmaster Reese is, and we can have video evidence of that. It'd oh, just you... be video of like a dark closet and <laughs> weeping. I bet that's like open weeping. That's where we keep the Tau players when they, when they come <laughs> to visit. <That's... laughs> Anyways, all right. Um, so uh, I'm going to be working on that. And excuse me, I, I am a, a little, I, I don't know if it's sickness or allergies, but I'm a little nasally, might get a little sniffly sometime during the episode. Um, unfortunately, uh, just caught something that Nurgle gave me, probably from Papa Nurgle Reese at the office, who has been very sick lately. So I do apologize for that if it affects my audio a little bit. All right. Topic for the day before we begin. The most important topic. 40k and Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whoa. Guys, Disney oh, is acquiring everything. You know, I've got a secret conspiracy theory. I, this was a patron question that we were going to ask at the end of the episode, answer at the end of the episode, but I want to bring it up now. I've got a little bit of a conspiracy theory. So, GW has been making 40k more friendly, family friendly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're pushing this big Netflix series. Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not happening anymore? 
No, it is. The Eyes of oh. Morton series is happening. Yeah, I don't know if it's Netflix, nope, I cannot it's believe it. Oh, no. So, so, listen. Disney. If there were ever an IP that you just wanted to buy, it's like it's like a, a drop of the bucket for you. Like, like you know, you, you made enough money to buy GW and buy the 40k IP, like, in the time it took for me to explain that. Alright, so if you wanted to buy an IP and then blow it up so that we had millions of more potential customers and people getting into 40k which would also translate into sales at frontlinegaming.org that would be really cool so disney if you're listening which i, don't know, I, I know you going. are you're listening to everything basically you know, i was thinking about you know because they also apparently teamed up with marvel i was thinking yeah. of like some of the older like more mature comics they did for like spawn and stuff like that you know like well, that was image day. well uh, i know it was image but i mean there was like this yeah, series, they did I their... feel like I feel like they could totally sort of like jump in to do some like more mature like IP, you know? Imagine like a comic book based in like the Dark City, like that'd be messed up. But it'd be really fun, and I would it would totally be it. super messed up. I'm pretty I sure think... they already have the 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 children series that yeah. they've already had an episode in the Dark City. <laughs> yeah, they they have the children series. I think if they're gonna go this route, I mean, I think a really given the the Patreon question, which I I don't know if we'll get to now. Um, I think the best uh, like character series they could do that would probably still fall into that Disney-fied Marvel lineup would be doing Caiaphas Kane. That would be my hmm. my go-to. It's generally a little fluffier. It's funny. Uh, lots of that kind of like uh, Marvel sarcasm that you get uh, in that uh, that series. That's what I would go with if I were them. Yeah. Knock out a Caiaphas Kane TV series. I mean, I know it's probably just comics that they're planning on doing, but I'd I'd eat that up. Yeah, and and just on the comic book side, even if nothing else progresses from this, this is still big. Uh, Reese was showing me the difference in quality between the MCU comics and the Marvel comics than other like indie comics. Not that saying indie comics are bad, but their their quality, their comic book quality level is just on another level. Like their art is beautiful. They have the best writers. They just they know how to put a good comic book out. And GW might have gone to like this might have been an instance where GW might have gone to like a third party or an indie company and then we might not have gotten the best quality product, but the fact that you've got, you know, these guys who, who make the best comic books on the market, arguably um, making these 40 K comics, it, you know, it, it's pretty cool. And um, uh, there is some crossover because Dan Abnett used to write for Marvel, right? He wrote, ooh. he wrote the guardians of the galaxy uh, that we are currently watching in the movies. Like that iteration of them was his. There you go. Which is pretty cool, you know, when you think about cool. it. So, you know, if you would have told me 10 years ago this was going to be a thing, I would have been like, nah. But now, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. I'm into it. Yep. All right. I did it. It's exciting, <laughs> it's exciting for all the uh, all the nerds out there, including myself. I don't read comics, but I will probably pick up some for, quote, my daughter. Uh, and just <laughs> say, hey, we, it's, uh, you know, let's read this book. It'd be like boulder shot to the head, boulder shot to the head. I'm just kidding. Yeah, weird slanish stuff. <laughs> and as much as I love the, <laughs> as much as I love the Horus Heresy novels, um, I read a lot of the 40k novels as well, and I do think that they probably would be better put on paper in comic book form mm -hmm. than novel form. At least the 41st millennium, the Horus Heresy stuff is like really good character driven narratives mm -hmm. and like like really good. But in terms of the 40k books, well, the imagery think, itself would give. The yeah. imagery itself would give itself. I feel like I was being very redundant there. The um, 
it would give it would lend itself well to being a very visual sort of like yeah space i I agree all right super exciting stuff so we got our thinking juices flowing ready to move on negative no i agree was too bad we're moving on anyways all right if you are if you were wondering uh the iron halo did happen this past weekend the iron halo is a tournament held in bartlesville oklahoma every year every year also for the last two years um this is the third this is the third year actually the last three years uh well, uh, let me finish. Oh. Uh, for the last three years, the Iron Halo has whoa, actually whoa, been an official sponsor. This is the fifth year. This is the every year for the last three years. The Iron Halo <laughs> has been an official sponsor of the Chapter Tactics podcast, um, and I've been happy to call Jason a, a business partner, a sponsor. Um, you know, can I be your friend? And I just love the relationship, a friend. Thank you, of course. <laughs> um, and so, of course, this year this I was guy. unable it's all to about attend. the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I was unable to attend. However, it's it's a tournament that I highly recommend to anyone who goes. It's held at On the Rock Ministries, um, a youth center that just does a lot of great work with kids. Um, it's a really cool venue. Jason's a great guy. The community is always consistently the best community I've gone to when I travel to a lot of tournaments. Um, just everyone's so warm and welcoming and it's just it's just a lot of fun it's just a really good event i'm really really disappointed i missed it this year it's that midwest, um, and of course this uh, is the fifth year yeah of the iron hill right and it's that midwest love you know everybody's like you know you think about it, you go down south like well hey son would you like a a cup of sweet tea with that and uh you know that's that's the type of atmosphere we bring here in oklahoma uh and you are allowed to carry guns too so it is kind of cool like that <laughs> um but anyways if you're interested i highly recommend you check out those tickets if you're going to be in the bottles Oklahoma area next year around this time the end of september october um have you set the date yet for 2020 not yet we'll release something probably in the next couple weeks though right on perfect so keep an eye out for that uh it's a great event though i highly recommend it all right the reason why it's a great event is first and foremost the you jason you live streamed all five rounds that's correct today and um, I'll forgive you for only running five rounds instead of six rounds because I, I do know how lazy you get sometimes. I, I definitely am pretty lazy. According to I'm all s- the all the shoutcasters this past weekend, I'm a, I don't care about my players. Hey, hey, hey. Except for Scary. Hey. Scary was amazing. Hey. <laughs> and, and for those of you who don't know, I'm completely joking with him. He's one of the hardest working guys I know. So, But he really doesn't care about his players. I mean, you shouldn't. As a TO, that's not your responsibility. No. <laughs> you are not there to, to ensure you're there that people to have fun. fail the venue and provide for the charity that you're and providing for. And make big bucks. Ooh, there you go. Pocket nice. that money because everyone knows that's what happens at an event. You just make so much money. The only so thing that money. we care about. Yeah. Yep. All $10 Jason has made at that house. Yeah, exactly. Right? Terrain. All yeah. of it. Yeah. No, he, he, oh, by the way, he... Jason, quick aside, if you don't know, Jason 3D prints terrain every year for the Iron Halo. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, do you have four 3D printers no, now? I only have, have three. So, but he has them going. So you have 3D printers? year-round 3D printers <laughs> printing the terrain for it. How do we yes. get anything done on this podcast? I'm just, I'm just not going to lie. I mean, it's just nothing but puns. Bad, yeah, this, terrible jokes. This is really supposed to be a 30-minute podcast, but it always extends to two hours for some reason. I, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, it's, it's 20 minutes of content and an hour and a half of us talking Whoa. about Patreon. Oh, Don't there's, stretch there's our like, content. There's what, like sorry? 30 minutes of, of okay, just okay. me rambling. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair hey, enough. To, to be honest, and and me get... interrupting the show. Sorry. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. So what happened That's at the Iron Halo this, this year? 
Pablo. Um, so at the Iron Halo this Jason. year, uh, Jason, just like last year, he brought in people um, from outside Bartlesville to come in and shoutcast. Uh, last year, he brought in Bam Bam from the Flying Monkey podcast and myself to shoutcast. Uh, and I think we did a really good job, um, even though unfortunately had to take a pass on the second day. Um, however, when we were on, I thought we did a phenomenal job. Also, this year, Jason brought on other people from around the world to come on and shoutcast. And he's actually done this before. This isn't the first time. Jason, how many times have you done this particular, you know, kind of style, style of, of uh, broadcasting? Of streaming. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, so we started at March Madness this year. So it's been one, probably four or five times. And I find it to be really, really successful uh, because, uh, number one, your guys on site, they're going to get tired. I mean, it's, it's just inevitable. I mean, when you're when you're. Uh, streaming for nine hours in one day or 10 hours, 12 hours in one day. I mean, you're, you're looking at the same models. You're looking at the same screen. You're not even getting up, taking a look at the game uh, or interacting with your friends. And so it just gets really boring. And uh, a way to interject that and a way to pick up the energy is to bring in new blood, like the, sec- the, the second line in a football game or second string. Uh, you bring in new people, and so that's what I I stole the idea from the Down Under Network from CanCon, yep, or CanCon. Actually, I caught it from Down Under, and I was like, "Hey, we need to do this." And so I looked into it more and more and more, and it, it was 100% possible. So uh, we basically bring in uh, people from uh, podcasts such as you know the the Frontline Gaming Network, Scardcast, uh, Down Under guys, uh, and occasionally TFG Radio. I'm probably not going to do it anymore because they made fun of me for about uh, three hours on the stream. And that was games four and five, if you want to catch that, at Iron Halo uh, TV on Twitch. <clears throat> and it, uh, they were really good. They were all po- poking fun at me, joking aside. Um, I think the funniest thing that they said all weekend is they they gave out my personal email and said, hey, if you have any complaints about the stream, email <laughs> Jason at Jason.horn at IronHalo.org. I'm like, and uh, this morning I woke up with like a million emails in my box, and I'm like, John! <laughs> So, uh, what was that email again? Yeah, I'm Jason? not gonna tell you. It's okay. If you, um, by um, the way, if you would like your list reviewed um, <laughs> by a professional tournament organizer, rewind this episode about 20 seconds. Copy down Jason's email and shoot him an email. Uh, no, he don't loves do that. I hear, <laughs> I hear the best person to send your lists to is Jim Bessel. He loves it. <laughs> oh no! Absolutely, he will take the time. Loves it. He to will go take the time everyone. to reply to all of them. Yep. Is that face? Are, are you being? Are I don't you being know if serious? he'll go through them. Um, uh, yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm being serious in that you should do it. Hmm. You don't there email you Facebook spam him because he's on Facebook. There you go. Or Instagram. All right. So. All right. Instagram. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, not post an Instagram story about your list and send it to, anyway. <laughs> Tag there you him. Go. So, so in all, all in all, I think, uh, I think that's a really great strategy if you're, you're starting to stream games because you can pull in. Other people that have lots of experience, like uh, we had you, uh, we had Pablo and Reese on for uh, round two, and uh, it was a Reese had a really great time. It was a fun experience for him. And you know, it was fun for me watching Reese try to figure out Discord. Just saying, that, oh, that, that was, was so funny. That was actually very accurate. And so I, you know, to be honest, I did <laughs> not you, know anything behind the scenes that was going on. Like I would, I would basically set it up and let Doug and Cody, who are my on-site guys. Uh, run the stream and occasionally i'd give a thumbs up and they'd give me a thumbs up and so that was it and i was like okay cool it was really good 
So, I mean, now you guys that were on the stream, uh, how did you feel like it went? Did it Was it kind of a fast pace? What do you feel like the energy was? You know, give me your feedback because we're always trying to improve and make it better for the next round. Um, well, if you don't mind, Scar, I think I'll take this first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, first off, it's it's by far one of the most enjoyable ways to watch a game of 40K. Uh, when I did the stream at CanCon the down on the network um when we did the same thing uh i stuck around after my turn and i watched and it was a lot of fun just having different people on and constantly talking it, it, it's there's something great about uh having a volunteer you know who wants to come in and spend their weekend and spend the time to talk versus someone who's maybe stuck there all weekend who you, you know you'll definitely get fatigued like you said jason um Although I did have a lot of fun last year watching the Nova stream live on for the GW, um, but basically, yeah, it's some of the most fun time you can watch. It. We can, you can listen and watch 40k being played. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that um, having experienced shoutcasters is still very important. So, like, I don't think Doug and Cody did a bad job um, necessarily, but there were times when I think someone with more, with, with more. Uh, experience probably would have been would would have been able to make this extreme experience a lot better not to say they did a bad they did a bad job because they didn't they did a good job um but i do think that experienced shoutcasters experienced talkers can go in there and just create talking points and ask questions and, and just um do the right things to entertain when there's lulls and there's a lot of lulls in 40k mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you're exactly right and i think um <clears throat> i pretty much this is doug's first time actually you know kind of manning the helm and running the stream and I was really proud of him because, you know, he stepped into my shoes and, you know, I've been doing this for a while and, uh, but I think he did a great job. And, and for those of you that are wanting to start streaming channels, just do it. Just go for it. You know, uh, what's the worst that can happen? You know, nothing. You get made fun of by the guys on the stream. I mean, well, I experienced that and I'm still here. So, but you know <laughs> what? Scary did not. So thank you, Scary. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I, the the stream was awesome. You guys should go check it out, ironhalo.tv or twitch.tv slash ironhalo. And uh, check out the streams. They were really, really fun. Something that I really enjoyed was just the banter. Like, I got to stream the first game, which was a game between the two previous wooden spoon winners from the Iron Halo. <laughs> so they had, like, an iron, uh, you know, wooden spoon off, which was really fun to just kind of, like, watch them make mistakes on stream and kind of talk about like the strategy behind you know what you would or wouldn't want to do if you were like trying to improve your game stuff so it was more like a teaching as well as an entertaining sort of uh stream and that was really fun for me right i actually uh so it was really funny i pitched the idea to scary i was like all right scary let me tell you i'd really like you to shout cast game one and here's why we've got the two worst players in the world duking it out and how awesome would it be to tell them what they're doing wrong on stream he's like man that's a really intriguing concept and uh it was really fun because you know we got it, it, if you guys didn't take a look at the list it was a slant slanesh versus the new space marines and going into the game i was like oh my god this is the worst decision i've ever made because this game is going to be over in 20 minutes if space marines go first and scary tell can you can you walk us through the game can you tell us kind of what happened like just a brief overview yeah, brief overview. The Space Marines, I believe, went first, didn't kill anything. 
No, the Slanesh went first, moved into the middle of the board, didn't kill anything, just kind of took an objective. Then the Space Marines went second, didn't kill anything, even though they could have killed, like, multiple things in the army. And then it basically went back and forth, back and forth, even though the Space Marines were, like, totally outclassed the Slanesh army. Um, and this is the priority order, like the, the deployment was just a little off. It was just very interesting to see two guys just playing for fun at a tournament and just kind of going, you know what, that's what I would do if I was looking for a narrative game. And then Gulliman hid behind a wall for most of the game, which was really funny. <laughs> that's where he belongs. But, um, yeah, that's where he belongs, just hiding behind a wall. And then he like decided, and then the Havocs with last cannons stayed alive for like almost the entire game. <laughs> When that's like target priority number one. Anyway, it was just that you, you guys should go watch it. Just go watch it. You know, we, we talk about it, and we had a we had a blast, just kind of like shoutcasting and things as well. Yeah, we also had the Magnet Baron on, and he was a, he was a great host, I believe. And and uh, Kevin, yeah, he was on with me, so that was that was really fun. Yeah, and Kevin from Preferred Enemy. So uh, anyway, just go check it out. I think it was a great time, and uh, I hope you guys liked it. So any anything that we could do better aside from uh you know more experience with doug and cody Who, peter the falcon no i think Ta-da! overall it was it oh, was no. pretty good Ka-ka. uh yeah um i think really a se- <laughs> the next the next just call a delay in. getting all the way to northern canada yeah, there yeah, I was well, calling you. In, so. uh, the next step i would i would take really is to get a second table set up um and stream I think that's really the way it should be going now is having Hello? two simul Hello. You're good, keep talking. Oh, sorry. I just that was weird. Uh yeah, no, like if you have two simultaneous uh, tables being streamed, if one dies or you have a weird thing happen and it ends like an hour in, you can just cut to the second game. Um and then you get a table boss on that second game that's just watch that like their whole job is just to watch that game, go through like and keep track of what's happening. So that you can cut back and forth. Um, they did it at LGT. Um, I've seen it done at, uh, in other events too, and it, it just really adds to the quality of the stream uh, because you can you can avoid those dull moments or those dull games where things just like turn on their head right away, and you end up in, in like some kind of garbage situation where um, a, t- a game you thought would be like a very good one to watch on stream ends up just like basically ending turn one because of hot dice or what have you. Yeah. Um, one other suggestion, and it's not a criticism, it's just a suggestion, is you guys uh, are right there on the stage, but more importantly, your top tables are all surrounded right next to the stage. Um, so having a roving camera or a person with a mic to just go over there and kind of like talk about those games and how they're going. Like when I asked how Ben Neal and Matt Root's game was going in round two, uh, because Nick was absolutely crushing his Necron player opponent, um... That would have been great to like just have someone there. Just oh yeah, well Matt Root is on turn three, and and then explain kind of just the basics of that game. That can definitely keep more people entertained. Right. But yeah, it's you also have all cheaper than setting up players. a second stream. I guess. Yes, it's also cheaper than setting up a second stream. Well, I mean, the good news is that we do have the capabilities of setting up a second stream. What we haven't had is uh, the people that the quality people that have been willing to do the work to help me do this mm-hmm. because up until yeah. about. Uh, two tournaments it was just me running the stream and it was extremely hard because you know it's hard to essentially hard to find good help so i think i found some really good help with cody and doug has helped us with with the halo and so he wants to help more so i'm definitely i'm definitely growing the crew 
And as we get better and better, we have some really great ideas that we plan to bring to uh, Minmo Maelstrom, and, and that is in the beginning of November. We'll be streaming that event. We'll be streaming the Renegade Open in uh, Minneapolis. And then we'll probably take a short break and then stream some other uh, Lord Marshall uh, GTs here in the Midwest uh, come 2020. So our, our streaming schedule is, is full. Uh, it's getting fuller, but... Uh, you know, if you're interested in having the uh, the Iron Halo stream come out and and do your stream right with some some semi professional, we're not professional because we're not like uh, Pablo or the Falcon or Scary. We're just we just <laughs> we we basically have it like a tractor that we pull all of our stuff to out there, and we like have you know pigs in the back. I'm just kidding, but uh, yeah, if you're looking for for some awesome stuff, just contact us. Email me at contact at ironhalo.org, and uh, just just we can see if we can work something out. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to move to oh, my round three game, the round three game I shoutcasted. Um, so this was a game played between um, a Space Marine player and a Gene Circle player. Uh, and I'm trying to find, I think it was Nick and Eric? Yes, you are correct. And you kept reversing their names. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, I was it's so confused. The overlay, the overlay was different from, because anyways... I just didn't know where to look for the names. Um, At the top? Yeah, yeah well, the, you know what? The top <laughs> of the screen is really hard to find. I, I understand, Pablo. It's. I think I had the top of the screen, and then, like, every camera had, like, the name of the person. Anyway, okay. It's yeah. Cool. I think their names were on their backs, and they had name tags, <laughs> and... Anyway. Anyway, so, so Nick was the uh, Space Rings player. Uh, Eric was the Gene Stiller. No, Nick was the Gene Stiller cult, and... Nick was the Gene Stiller cult. And Eric player. was the Space Rings. Okay, well, there's a in round three. There's a Nick and an Eric playing on <laughs> table five, and Nick won, and Eric won, and that's the one I was going off of. So there was two sets of Nicks and Eric's playing uh, each other okay. in round three. Anyways, the the point is is that there was the the Space Marine player Eric um, was playing the game, and around the second or third turn, um, uh, Nick, the Gene Circle player, had tri pointed or quad pointed a Space Marine mm-hmm. scout. And um, I actually went back and, and looked at this, and it the intent was clear. Uh, Nick, the G-Circle player, actually took the time to move all the models, make sure they were all close there. Um, and the Space Marine player, and I believe Jason got a yellow card for this. Yes, he did. Right? Okay. Uh, the Space Marine player, when his turn came around, even though his scout was quad-pointed, um, did, mo- in fact, move his model out of the quad-point anyways, even though he couldn't, um, and stated that there was actually space for him to move his space marine scout there um and that nick didn't quad point the model that the intent wasn't clear there even though um if, if you listen back to it adam and i uh adam was shout casting with me from down under network um we were both like yeah the the intent was clear that he was trying to quad point this model um and so uh, that's something that is very interesting because while uh salty john was talking um i think in the chat Basically, it was Ray Automata from Veteran Wargamers Realistically. Basically, they said something along the lines of, don't use what the chat says, let the judge make the ruling. And so, that brings up an interesting point. Um, clearly, the Space Room player making that action was in the wrong. Um, it was intent, his, his Space Room scout got quad-pointed, um, there shouldn't have been room for him to move his mm-hmm. Space Marine. Um And it was really a, a bad play on his part, because he didn't, he put, he didn't have to... He, put himself in that position he could have moved three more inches over to his left gone into the ruin and then he wouldn't have been able to get tri-pointed he would have been fine 
Um, but he just didn't do that mental oversight or whatever. So, um, this happened, but it was Twitch that pointed it out. So if you're the TO or if you're a player playing on stream, how do you feel? And, and this is just the general question for the panel. How do you feel about the Twitch stream, uh, calling out things like that on a table, um, and having kind of that power? I am all for it. 100%. Okay. Jason's for it. And and I, I can explain exactly why. So I think it is important for the audience to have interaction with the stream. Uh, because if there's no interaction, why are we watching? You know, I think it's engaging. I think it I think it creates a little bit more drama, like is what you saw. Uh where I think uh your shoutcasters the way we run the way I run the stream typically is the people that are watching are also essentially the table judges unless there's like a, unless a player calls a like i want a decision from the head judge they can make all the judges they make they can issue cards they can issue uh rulings whatever they whatever they want to do to make the stream go faster so i really felt like it was is since they were on the table and doug said that it was clear it was very clear that the model was tried pointed or or quad pointed and so uh, the player moving it deliberately chose to ignore the rules of the game, and that is why we issued a yellow card. And so we appreciate the stream for pointing it out. I think, it, again, like I said, it's very important for them to, to – for the chat to feel like they are engaged with the game. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to have as many viewers. And so chat, appreciate you out there. Now, we're not always going to listen to you, uh, but I think – uh, having you there and having you point out things helps us as judges and, and other people watching make it more engaging for you guys. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a very good point. Um, Scary and Falcon? Personally, I think that it is definitely a... a it's... it's You're kind of like... It, you're stepping on a... Like a... You're stepping into a minefield that could go well or could blow up in your face, right? So... Do I like when I'm doing my streams and I have like a competitive gaming on like the night fight series or whatnot? Yes, yeah, sometimes I'll actually this the stream will help me catch things that I totally missed, right? They'll be like, Oh, uh, this is a you know, the, he's doing this rule wrong, whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, great, because I don't know every single rule. Um, but that's more of like an, in, an informal setting in the middle of a stream. I feel that you know, if somebody points something out in a stream and I'm like streaming a tournament. You know, I wouldn't necessarily be like, hey, guys, you guys are doing this wrong. I'd probably call the judge over and be, hey, do you just check something for me on the table or whatever, you know, more so I could answer to the people in the stream, you know, hey, what the what happened if they weren't clear or if there was a ruling or something. Um, but I, I definitely proceed with caution, letting like the stream sort of like dictate the judge rulings of a game oh that makes sense mm -hmm. so i think you one of the key points you you made is that uh if someone if someone in chat made a comment about maybe a, someone playing a rule a rule incorrectly you would uh, pull a judge well fortunately the way the way i've decided to run the stream just because it's just more efficient than calling a judge judge over is one of the people on uh, at the table is a judge and so that way they can issue those cards. They can make those quick rulings. And if, you know, if they want a, a ruling from a head judge, the player can totally ask for that. And so that's, that's just to help facilitate those games. And so um, I, I feel like 
I feel like that is that that helps us out. And like I said, you know, we can take the chat into account for for any any incorrect play. But the the judge is ultimately it's his decision to whether we need to go back and do something different. And so I feel I like that filter because I trust Doug because he's run you know a big GT before, and I feel like he can make those calls. I like that. Um, it's a real fine line when you start to let the Twitch chat or any kind of viewership, uh, you know, act as your judges, like Skari said. Because um, as someone that's run a number of streams now, you see it pretty consistently. Um, and I think Ray's, to Ray's point, um, we don't see the whole picture when you're watching a game remotely, right? I can't tell you how many times I've either remote commentated with, like, down under pairings or... Uh, just watched a stream on my own and seen people lose their minds over something um, only to find out afterwards like that's what we, we didn't have the whole picture so like there there was no cheating or there was like nothing sketchy going on um, that being said uh, if you think back to say like London GT last year not the one that just occurred but the one prior a uh, part of the reason why the whole Alex Harrison Jeff Robinson thing ended up you know coming to light was because the Twitch chat would absolutely berserk about how Alex was playing his um, his hammerheads, and then of course they were they were mentioning a bunch of other things, but the uh, that they ended up resetting the game because of that, um, and uh, it it you know it fixed a situation that was actually pretty rough um, due to like a, a like a like a conscious rules or I shouldn't say conscious like a like a rules misplay that was huge. Um, so it's just a, like you have to be like like Scary said, extremely careful with how you play that. I like what you said, Jason, that you have a judge at the table. I think that makes it a lot easier. Um, I can tell you that having sat at the commentator table, there have been a couple times where I wish I was a judge at an <coughs> event just, just so that I could say stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I but I'm not going to. I'm not going to just stand up and be like negative. Uh, uh, so what that means is now I have to get up, find a judge, etc. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's I, my take. I do like the idea of of not only having a commentator be a judge, but also the remote shoutcasters mm-hmm. act as as proxy judges. Maybe not judges, but liaison. You're proxy judges. Um, and I do know uh people like Salty John and and actual you know judge real judges who do a lot of judging events would probably love to do something like that. Where you could just remotely go to any tournament and call out cheaters um, <laughs> or even just say, you know, Hey, can you, can you check out what happened there? Because that doesn't look right, right. to me. And oh there's yeah. There's been plenty of times. Honestly, there's been plenty of times when, you know, I have TFG, the TFG radio guys on, uh, for example, flying monkeys, uh, one of their teammates, uh, forgot, <laughs> forgot to bring in some unit or forgot, forgot that there were some units in a box. And so that prevented a deep strike from happening. And John's like, no, we got to tell him that, you know, there are units there because it alters the state of the game. And, you know, he is 100% right. You know, you just can't you can't let things happen that are going to alter the state of the game. Like, for example, yeah. you know, if the streamers at L- uh, the London GT, you know, last year uh, saw saw Alex moving those water bottles, I think I think it would have been a much different story. And they felt the power to go do it. I felt like it would have been a much different story. So, hmm. yeah. I also do think it's important that the streamers and the players have no contact with each other whatsoever. I do like that there's still a middle ground person there, and you know, and responsible for deciding ultimately what should and shouldn't be done to affect the table. Uh, and then obviously that leaves the shoutcasters open to talk about misplays and things like that without the players overhearing. 
So it's it's just a very good system. I love it. All right. Um, so moving on from the game three, uh, not from the game three, but later on in the game three, um, there was also a point when the Gene Circle player was playing really loose. So I don't want to seem like I was just piling onto Eric, the Space Marine player. Um, he did receive the yellow card. However, the rest of the game, he played really tight. He played a good game. Um, and it looked, from my perspective, to be completely fair. Um, so that yellow card was more of an anomaly than me actually calling him out as a, you know, as a player who earns yellow cards. So put your pitchforks and torches down. Um, also, if you are a Gene Circle player, or if you're a player where uh, assaults matter like that so much, quad points, um, there were also points when uh, the Gene Circle player, uh, the, the movement got so complicated because he's making so many amazing but really high-level plays. Um, and both players had maybe a combined 40 minutes left on their times. When things like that happen and you know your opponent is making a play that's that, that's going to be really bad for you or it's really important, or if you're making a play that's really important, it's really critical to get a judge to come to your event. I mean, you're on the top table. There's a judge there. You know there's a judge there at that table. You're on the top table on stream at an event. You should definitely take the time to make sure all your coherencies are correct, to make sure all your movements are correct, and that a judge is watching all of everything you're doing and everything your opponent is doing so that communication is correct and you're all on the same page. Um, when you've got 40 minutes left, there's no reason to rush. Uh, and I did feel like uh, towards the end, both players were feeling really rushed and were playing quickly and were making little mistakes that uh, they didn't need to be making. So that's just a, a general advice tip. When you've got 40 minutes left on the clock uh, and there's a really, really important thing going on, call a judge over, have them stand there for 10, 15 seconds to act as a witness to everything that's going on so that both players are on the same page. And then, good job, judge. I'll call you if my opponent decides to move his scout model through this tripoint or something like that, right? Like that, that that's just important. Uh, and then as a judge, it's probably the easiest judge call. You just show up to a table like, okay, uh, that, that model definitely looks like it's seven inches away for the charge. Uh, I'm going to leave now. And then that's yep. it. So. I would a hundred percent agree. And I think we should, as, uh, as streaming gets more, more out there, uh, there's ability to to pull up a, essentially you know in twat in Twitch um, instant replay and so there was one instance at the uh, Siege World GT where where uh, a player where I had to pull up a uh, a video uh, a video clip of like five minutes previously and actually see a player move a model onto an objective when it wasn't his movement phase and so I think we all know what stream that was but. Um, you know, I think as technology progresses, um, you know, we will have the ability to to make those decisions as judges and and players. I, th I think what people watching will enjoy it more. Right on. All right, so I want to move to so day two. I, 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 so I do I... have to put a disclaimer out here. So, um, the the game that PD Pub and uh, Reese shall cast it is actually not going to be on. It's not on Twitch or it's not going to be published to YouTube. Uh, we had a request from one of the players uh, actually take down the video because uh, this player works at a, a large financial institution, and they have uh, this 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 institution actually checks this person's name on the internet. And so one time he was actually uh, so like. Not him, but his name was associated with uh, like the word anarchy, and so yeah. Oh. So you know, I listened to him and I tried to talk him into, hey, maybe I kind of just published it to YouTube, and um, 
uh, he he actually preferred it not to, and so I decided to abide by the player's uh, wishes. I, I recommended that uh, he get a, a maybe an alias for forty k, and to clear it with Reese first before doing it because uh, you know the the ITC requ- is essentially requiring you to use real names, and so but that is actually a really good reason to to ah. like to like. I mean, Hal Veffelfinger has yeah, not been Hal, Hal Veffelfinger <laughs> is still at large. Uh, Val Heffelfinger still is perfectly fine. It's, that name is not made up or falsified <laughs> whatsoever. Val Heffelfinger is a real person. I can confirm. So anyway, I I, do, I wanted to let you guys know that before you know I get like a, a bajillion emails. Like, where's this video that you guys were talking about? You know, it was so good. Blah, 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 blah. And, and so, but all the other videos are really good. So you can go check out those games. Mm. All right, so uh, moving on to day two. So day two, uh, you had a um, little-known player named Matt Root, won the ITC a couple years ago. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, he has been to the Iron Halo before. Last year, I believe he didn't go, but the Iron Halo has been an event that he's twice. won. It's an event that he's twice. <laughs> it's an event that um, he's won with, with uh, interestingly converted models, <laughs> um, for sure. That's accurate. Uh, so this is a guy who, this is a guy who's who's high profile. Um, he should be on people's radar. Um, he's definitely someone I would go seek out at the event, look at his list, look at his army, you know, ask him how he's doing, chat with him and stuff. Uh, and when you go to the Iron Halo, and when you go to any tournament, there's always that brief period window where everyone has all their armies displayed out nicely on on all of your terrain, and it's frustrating for the TO. Because everyone moves moves aside all the train to put their army trays Preach. on tables they're not even playing on, so it's really annoying. Uh, I say that as a yep. TO and as a player. Can you preach uh-huh. that louder? Like, like. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I I got a soapbox that I'm on here right now. First, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see where I am on the soapbox. Um, so, uh, you round four. Um, I was I didn't actually watch any of the day two stuff, unfortunately. Uh, but as I understand it, um. Matt Root had a drop pod that was the drop pod he used in Admech. Um, and it was, it's a really weird conversion. It's like a little drill thing. It's definitely not the right profile for a drop pod whatsoever. Um, it might be the same measurement base wise. No. I think, I think you might've said that it, it might be, but I don't, I don't know. The point is, is that it's a very weird conversion. Um, and then he also had uh CM, uh, Skaven storm fiends. I think, I don't know what they're called. They're, they're these big Skaven guys. That I've seen him use before previously as obliterators um, when he played Chaos briefly. And they're actually very common obliterators, quote-unquote, conversion. I don't know how converted they are. I don't know what they look like, necessarily. However, he was using them as assault centurions in a space marine army. And as I understand it, and as I saw um, earlier, the rest of the army was generic-looking space mm-hmm. marines. Correct. Um, so, it, it's safe to say that that it's not like his other conversions like his admech orc army that he ran in 7th edition um which i actually really appreciated because the army was consistent uh theme wise it all looked good everything matched um this army did not match it had space marine models it had storm fiend age of sigmar models and it had a weird drop pod looking thing so it was a very mismatched um not you know attractive looking army uh, about 100 percent and also, the Iron Halo, I think, made the right call in taking the models off the table, and then Matt Root disqualified himself or, so, or dropped from the I'll, event. I'll walk you guys through kind of what was happening so, on that. If, if that's yeah, okay. so go ahead and explain that, and then and then we'll get sure. to 
two so or something. This was uh, actually another instance where, um, where where the chat definitely helped point out the models. You know, I, I had not personally seen Matt's army, and uh, when my judges went to go paint judge, they don't know what armies, what models that I had approved because they don't have access to the email that I have, and so. Uh, to be honest, there was no way of checking pregame unless I physically went to everyone's army and say, oh, this is approved, this is approved, this is approved, this is approved. Yeah, my job as a TO to, is to make sure everybody – that the, that the t tournament is running on time and to make sure that there's no major train wrecks that are happening. And so uh, when it was pointed out on stream, Doug came to me. He's like, hey, do you, do you see these models? I'm like, what are they? And he said, that well, they're Skaven models and a drop pod. And I'm like – uh yeah i i had had not approved them uh, i don't i'm not aware if i approved any and uh so i looked at those models i went up on on the table top and i looked at those models like yep those are totally not assault centurions uh and that's the whole totally not drop pod and i double checked my email i looked in my email account uh for about three to four minutes just to make sure you know matt had not sent me anything i checked my facebook account no he, he didn't send me anything and uh, and I talked to my judge and I said, all right, well, looks like he has, you know, models that haven't been approved. What do we want to do? And uh, Mike McKinney, who has been my head judge for the last uh, three years, he's like, we got to pull him. So I said, all right, let's go ahead and pull him. And uh, we went on stream. Uh, we we basically told Matt, hey, you know, we appreciate you playing him, but unfortunately, you didn't get these models approved, and we're gonna go have we're gonna have to pull them. Uh, for the for the tournament uh, and we proceeded to tell him like hey if you have any replacement models we do not mind you coming back and uh, and finishing the tournament at all and so uh, he decided to actually uh, gracefully bow out of the whole event himself uh, even though I offered like you know we can find replacements if you really want to play and he said he said that um, he's, he's a super awesome gentleman uh, and he said that he felt like he had previously cheated his other three opponents and could, didn't have didn't have the heart to actually finish the tournament even with the correct models. So uh, I mean I don't know if that speaks of more of a sportsman than anything else. Um, and the cool thing is is that I think I think this was on Comp Comp Forty K and and uh, Shit Talking ta Tactics Facebook pages. Um, the one thing that I really admired from Matt is that when it was posted, he actually took ownership. And so I haven't seen the, the, the hmm. post like uh, personally, but that's what I've heard secondhand is that he took ownership and he took blame from it. And even even in our, our LBO chat group, um, judges chat group, he he said that it was his fault and he took ownership from it. So, it, well, oh, that, well, that's actually that's very good. I'm glad. I'm glad it sounds like it actually worked itself out. Um, so I, you kind of addressed this a little bit, but my main criticism is, Jason, you, how do you like it's Matt Root, man? I mean, be like that'd be like if I showed hey, up to. I, an I'm going to jump like, in here. It doesn't it, like to be fair. It, no I, matter who you are, the rules of the mission packet for oh, the event apply to you regardless. No, so, I agree. Like I love Matt. Like I love Matt Root. I love. Like I love everything he does, but it's it's sad that he's like the that he's the person that was the example made of because it's Matt Root. But at the same time, it shows that if you're going to an event and you want to use like models and stuff, just 
read the packet and make sure you sort of follow the instructions. Doesn't matter if you're Matt Root or no, you, not Matt Root. You misunderstand me, Scary. I 100% think that the, the Matt Root is at the fault here, and don't criticize Jason for. I don't want to criticize Jason for the decision to pull the models or any of that. That's all. It's all fine. But if I were to show up at an event with pink Lego men as space marines. Mm-hmm. Especially there in Halo, where Jason, the TO, is a good friend of mine. And I were to get away with it for three rounds, I would feel a little insulted. Like, did he not notice my pink Lego men? Am I not special? Uh, the answer is yes, because there's a, a hundred <sighs> other things that are more important than me looking at everybody's islands. I just, I just don't... I, I just I, don't hey, I, I'm just, just going to call a spade Jason, a spade, but I apologize. in a billion places <laughs> I at know. once. I mean, <laughs> if it's not like we had to make sure lunch was running on time, I had to make sure... Uh, painting scores were added correctly. I had to make sure um, my judges were being taken care of. The stream is taken care of. I mean, being a TO, you have you have to wear a lot of different hats. And you know, when my job is, you know, I I might might catch like what looks like some really nice armies, you know, just walking by. But uh, it is not my job to go down and look at every single army when you have a hundred and four players. With you know maybe thirty thirty to to two hundred models per army and say oh is this one did I approve this one no that's not my job when I have posted it on the website you know three months before and Facebook blasted um, that you need to have your conversions approved or we're gonna pull them I mean that's I mean I don't think there's much more I can do. (laughs) If if you haven't noticed I'm completely that's true that's fair but I'll have you know. That there were over 1,200. Actually, Peter, how many night models were there at the LVO this last year? I don't remember. You have man. that it's, number. I do have 1,200? It. There was a lot. Something like that. There was a lot. There were over 1,000 night models at the Las Vegas Open this last year. And Reese Richard Robbins looked at every single wow. one. Did all of them. Every he, single one. And he weighed them to make sure they were made he of weighed, resin. Yep. He had he a scale. Them. Yeah. No, he definitely did. <laughs> For sure. No, this is 100% um, on Matt. Um, I do think that there's a little bit of uh, blame that could be thrown to the opponents. Not a ton. But there should come a point, and this is just something you should be able to do as a player, where you can look at an opponent's army and be like, hmm, I don't know what, that, what that's <laughs> supposed to be. And your opponent's yes. like, damn, man, this is a drop pod. And you're like, dude, that looks like a Nike sneaker. Um <laughs> And just like that, sir, is a subway cup. Yeah, and you can just be like, <laughs> ball your ball up, and and just say, hey man, give me a second. I just was that con- was that conversion uh, conversion checked out? Like I, we have rules, we have a packet, and if the guy's like, damn man, for sure it was, then just get a judge, and he can be like, yeah, we think Nike sneakers are perfectly adequate as drop pods, and you can be like, okay, fuck, I guess that's what this place is doing, so we'll run with it, but. um yeah, like to get to round four, uh, especially uh, like a, at a caliber of, of Matt's level, somebody should have had a, had an inkling. Someone somewhere should have looked at that and been like, "Eh, that's not yeah. right to me." Just say, and maybe not. Um, I mean, I'm pretty cool and casual with most things, so I, I could see it. Like, uh, if I played against a Nike sneaker, while I would probably cock my head a little bit, I'm also probably not at the top table. So <laughs> I, at that point. You know, going into round four, when I'm, you know, one in three with all those other mooks, I'm probably just going to be like, let's just play, dude. Let's just yep. play. Yep. Yeah, and that was the biggest surprise to me, too, was that was that he went through an entire 
three rounds an entire day in an event without without the models even getting questioned um by anyone which which is just shocking to me um and by the way as obliterators they're nice i would definitely if if he dropped those down and said they were obliterators i wouldn't question it it's as assault centurions with chaos stars on them it's just it it's a little bit more iffy especially when it doesn't look anything like the rest of his army yeah i agree at all not even a tiny bit so anyways um the one thing we learned from it is not to shame Matt Root, who who is a really great guy. He is. I'm sure um, he's and amazing. And always been known for having conversions like this. But it's actually to know that you have the agency and power to question your opponent's models if you think that they are not up to standards. Yeah, definitely. And you're not a jerk for doing it either. No. If you, well, you if could. You, you could your be. Opponent's models do not meet the three color minimum. Uh, you could be a jerk. I mean, like, but I mean, it's you, it's how you approach it, right? It's not it, yeah, like I guess do that's it, fair. but don't be a a dick about it don't be like what the fuck's wrong with you i need a judge because that's probably oh, not the, the right that's, way to that's approach not it. how you should never this is never how you should yeah. approach anything note to self depends on how many yellow cards you would like oh to get. Okay. That's, i guess oh, that's ditto. true ditto mm. i mean All or right. if you're looking for a parking lot fight i mean if that's your goal i mean pablo has seen <laughs> one here in oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> matt rue comes oh, out to the parking true. lot he's like you made my conversions get off the table <laughs> yeah. prepare to die no, prepare to duel. Okay, I was going for more of a Princess Bride thing. I was okay. into it. I, I, I was I into what Scar was, was dropping there. Have you, it was Pablo, have you even seen it. the Princess Anyways. Bride? <laughs> I have seen the Princess Bride. It was not the best movie the, of all time. You saw the uh, Hispanic <laughs> Princess Bride. Andale, essay. Let's go. Oh, no. All right. Um, so oh, let's go ahead and move no. on past the um, controversy in Iron Halo. Uh, let's talk about the things that people wanted to um, definitely tune in for. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, it's just so funny. It is. It was really funny. <laughs> it really was. Oh man. Mm. Anyways, um, love you, Pablo. <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, the top list, uh, the thing that I think a lot of people wanted to tune into, and now they had to wait an hour for. Yeah, just, but we're no, here. Gibberish. Uh, Nick Nick Sutherland won the Iron Halo with an old, an orcs list. Um, it, uh, you know, it is kind of as we said, the standard typical orc list that you will see. Um, it's, it's got the, uh, spa- okay, so let's just go down the line. It's, uh, an Evil Sons Battalion with, uh, Big Mac, a war boss on a bike. The Big Mac has the Kef, Custom Force Field, uh, three units of 30 boys. One, but Death Goals, Death Skulls Battalion with three Big Mecs with shock attack guns. One is definitely, probably it the was. Relic it shock was. attack gun. Yeah, he has the Dreadwog, so he's not taking it for any other reason, so. Yeah. I uh, feel like I haven't seen evil sons in a long time um yeah. you see them but they don't hit top tables anymore uh or as frequently i mean he did his first detachment as evil sons um you're seeing a lot more death skulls uh, mixed with bad moons with no evil sons on tables or just pure death skulls now um is becoming a big thing anyway continue uh, uh, three gretchen in in that same battalion uh and then two units of mech guns with maximum smasher guns so that's 12 smasher guns and then finally, a Bad Moons Battalion with two Weird Voids and three Gretchens. And, of course, the 15 Ludas that you'd expect to see in a Bad Moons Battalion. And that's it. So that's uh, kind of like your standard Orc list. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They didn't do anything crazy. Didn't add Mega Knobs. Didn't really do anything to alter the list to deal with Space Marines. 
Um, it's a good list, and Nick is a really good player. I would say running triple shock attack gun is probably part of where he's going with the Space Marines, because but then you're playing a lottery game. Mm-hmm. Um, Smasher Guns, also pretty good into Space Marines. He's running a couple more than you tend to see, I mean, outside of LGT. Um, or not LGT, was it? Who was the, where was it that the guy ran like 18 and made top eight? It wasn't LGT. Anyway, there was an event recently where that happened. Uh, you know, but, honestly, uh, I think with the Smasher Guns, he was just playing into our, uh, the meta. Well, not really the meta. That was our night. Was our nights were our meta for a long time, and it just recently changed mm-hmm. until Space Marines was released. So, I honestly really like this orc list. You know, I was going through it uh, today on the like meta Monday analysis thing, but um, it's. I, I love the fact that he found a way to fit so much stuff and he even put the looters in there and it was like the list didn't end. You know, he had like the 12 mech guns and the 15 looters and the 90 boys and the three shock attack guns and the two weird boys and the war boss and the custom force field. Like it just feels like there's a lot in that list to play the the, the meta game right now. Yeah. I mean, his tightest match was against Marines. He lo- he beat Richard Wundow by one point, I believe, in round three, thirty to twenty nine. So it was also an extremely high point, uh, high uh, point scoring game. I'm interested yeah. to hear him talk about it, which he's probably going to do on Stat Center, Cross Fingers, depending on what he decides yeah, to tell us. He's actually already given us the recording. So can I can I spill the beans? Oh. Can I can I? No, oh, dang it! No, we don't blow the Wait. lead. That's only what Val does. <laughs> Um, yeah, one other thing that Reese mentioned, I'm, I'm not a, I don't know a ton about the orcs list, but Reese mentioned that, uh, potentially because of repulsors, uh, tractor cannons might, might be a good replacement for the smasher guns. I think um, you're going to start to see people test out more, uh, tank buster lists and try tank to, buster lists? yeah, try to get out the like 15, uh, uh, tank buster grenades in one go stratagem, <laughs> things like that to try and deal with it. There's a there's definitely some tricks you can pull if you can get around some of the other negatives uh, with running tank busters in an orc yeah. list. But it's yeah, I've seen people play. try it. Uh, they have play. It's it's iffy. I mean, if you talk to some of their their top players, they're struggling with what to do with the iron hands list and other lists. Like they can you could probably build a list that's very geared towards that scary the big bad that's coming up on the horizon. Uh, but then you you tend to hurt yourself in other matchups, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm excited to see where they try what they try to do and if it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really like this org list. Um, I think I think they actually, without changing a whole lot, I think they actually do have a good Iron Hands matchup. Um, they just have to play a completely different style of game than our players are used to playing, and terrain has to not completely mess them. Mm-hmm. Um, which unfortunately is going to be the case for some armies going into Iron Hands, which which is annoying. Um, but they're just that good of an army right now. Sometimes uh, tr- bad terrain will just screw you in that matchup, no matter how good you think that matchup is. Because mm. um, Iron Hands are, are really good and can take advantage of terrain. They well. shoot a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely do shoot a lot too. Shooting a lot and having the fly keyword is a recipe for success in Eighth Edition Scary. If you didn't know, really. Oh. Scary Speaking doesn't of, play a faction that does that, though. Nope. S- Speaking of a uh, faction that shoots a lot and has the fly keyword, uh, second place went to Nick Gower with Dark Eldar, a Venom spam list. Yeah, mm, no. love that. The, so this, he, I think he refers to himself as the Venom spam man or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm counting up his Venoms out. It looks like 12, 12 Venoms. 12 of them. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what? You have the list up, Scary. Why don't you take it? No, away? no. I, will. I went through it today. You know, I am a Dark Eldar player after all. But um, he brought back the Trueborn, which is pretty cool. So he's got a couple of Archons with uh, two blasters, some husk blades for some support, as well as a Phantasm grenade launcher. A uh, bunch of Cabalite warriors with blasters in them. And then one unit of uh, Trueborn with four blasters and one unit of Trueborn with four shredders for good measure against some anti-infantry. And uh, Lamian, I, b- I believe he was using this before the FAQ that now says we can't take a dedicated transport for a Lamian. Yes. Uh, but before right. that was... Right, and, and actually... Cool. And then he uh, had a... So just, to, hmm? just to clarify real quick, he asked me about the... Since the new FAQ released, and we actually played with the new FAQ for it, for its entirety, except for any points changes. He asked me about that, and I said... Um, he asked me that Friday, I said, don't worry about it. We're not going to make you change your list right before the tournament. So I did allow him to take it for the event. Even though, okay. I mean, it was only like a 12-hour notice. Good thing he didn't need to get any models approved. Mm. <laughs> oh. um, actually, he sent some models for approval, and I did approve them. Oh, so okay, cool okay. <laughs> they were all uh, and then he had a Then he had a Supreme Command detachment of Inari with a Autark on a bike. Which I think is a very good support character because he just goes in and murders some stuff and he's got like an Inari warlord so you can give him like a warlord trait to take less damage and whatnot as well as um, a power lance and a banshee mask so he can deny overwatch which is super important is in that some the same matchups. model that can that can get attacks do a lot more attacks by kind of um, blowing things well, up you, you can technically but it, he's probably running it more as a tanky assassin guy that can just go in and murder um like characters that you're trying to hide and then he had cat lady and uh and the um the incarn as well because yeah. the incarn works very very well with venom spam being that every venom that dies it can potentially be a 400 point demon that shows up and starts murdering everything in the near vicinity yeah now, I, I have played against this list, this kind of list. This is a very good Dark Eldar list. It's very hard to deal with. Well, Eldari um, list. Let me just El- say, it is not pure You know what? Eldari. It's, a, it's an Inari list. <laughs> They're all, all the Eldari are Inari. Anyways, the point is, is that uh, this is a very, very good list. Uh, the Incarn with the Venom Spam is a trick that I absolutely dread playing against. Um, but how does the Incarn fare Scarry against Repulsors? Well, you can't shoot it, right? So it will you you use it until you need to or when you need to. You just have to make sure that it's well screened. In in melee it will kill a repulsor. It will do decent against a repulsor. Okay. You know, it, it, you know he's got like six he's got like 10 blasters or 12 blasters on top of that. So it's not like the only thing that's going in to try kill a repulsor at any one time. You know, you've got phantasm grenade launchers doing mortal wounds. You've got cat lady doing mortal wounds. You've got this crazy Autark with a fusion gun and a Reaper launch or whatever, right? So there's there's lots of ways to kill armor with this list. I like okay. it. I like the list a lot. Right on. I just wanted to know how it dealt with Revolters. You just kill them. Just kill them. Fair enough. Just freaking kills them. Right, All right. right in the butt. Uh, third place, our last undefeated player. I always get his name wrong. I believe it is no, Kyle no, no, Thompson. No, it's Sile Thompson. Sile. Yeah. Sile. Sile. Sile Thompson. <laughs> C. Thompson. Because I always get your name wrong. C. Thompson. I'm just going to call just you call that. Sile. He loves it. Sile Thompson. I love it. Sly. Sly Fox. Anyways, uh, he had 
a um a Mars uh Admech detachment with Call, a tech priest engineer, three Skitari Rangers with galvanic rifles, two units of electro fulgurite electro priests, one unit of nine and one unit of ten, three Onager Dune crawlers with Icarus arrays, uh three four Scorpius Dune riders as the transport with uh the Cognus heavy stubbers and all that stuff, one Terex pattern termite assault drill, and then another Mars battalion detachment with Daedalosis? Yeah, from the new Blackstone Fortress release. And he's, he is oh, amazing. He's stupidly okay. good. Uh, amazing. Stupidly good. Broken for his points. Better oh, than yeah. a repulsor. Stupid good. 50 points for plus one to hit in a six inch bubble. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, tech Precision's here. Two, two more units of Rangers, one unit of Vanguard, uh, and then three Scorpius Disintegrator cannons. This list is a nasty advec list. It is a great list. I was go I went through like I read it this morning and I was like, this is a really cool, really like versatile admec list that doesn't, you know, need the support of uh things like the castle and robots or, you know, um the uh the the breachers or destroyers. And I really like it. Yes. I have nothing to say. Yeah. I, I it's, think it's, it's a, a great list. list. Um, the only, and this isn't even a criticism, uh, the one trick I liked that I've seen Admech players running is uh, is they run um, uh, Mars still, but they run the dedicated transport Dune Riders as Stygies, and then they move the Dune Rider dedicated transport Stygies models up the board to move block with the stratagem. Um, mm-hmm. That is a trick that I've seen a couple players use that is really, really good. Because those Dune Riders do do a really good job of move blocking and denying and and blocking line of sight even. It's New Age Rhino Wool. Yeah, think. it's it. They're actually pretty but, shooty. They've got twelve shots apiece. Yeah. yeah, sure, they're not bad. I mean, you, you know, they'll they'll kill a scout squad, no problem. But um, maybe. <laughs> but uh, the, the point is, is that <laughs> the the point is, is that um, he doesn't have them as Stygies, but that's fine. Uh, Admech are really good. Uh, I've I've been saying it for a while now. I've been saying it since the LVO. Um, not a lot of people are playing them, which is kind of interesting. Um, but they are picking up more and more steam. And, and in the new Space Marine meta, they are definitely geared to dealing with Space Marines, as are Necrons. And, and uh, Peter, as you mentioned earlier this weekend, well, what's uh, the Necrons' win percentage against Space Marines right now? Uh, last I looked, it was 73%. Over fifteen tournaments. Whoa. You heard it now, folks. Stuck up on those doom sides and those other things. Yeah, they yeah. like. There's been a, there are a couple of factions that are doing pretty good into marines. Um, I'm what I'm probably going to be doing from a stats perspective. Uh, once the all well, I shouldn't say that. Basically, once the Iron Hands and Raven Guard supplements start seeing play, is I'm going to start splitting up their stats a little bit and doing a doing a, a little more deep dive than I normally do into the faction versus faction performance, because it's, it's very clear that um, a white scars list is going to be played and probably have different models completely from an iron hands list, from a, an Imperial fist list, etc. And uh, I'm very curious to see how the faction versus faction plays out. Once we have everybody in play um, to see who is beating what lists, right? Cause it, it could be possible that uh, going forward, Necrons have a 60 or 70% win rate against space Marines, but they have a, say a 10% win rate against Imperial fists. Oh, uh, right. And that, that's not what's <laughs> happening, but you know, it's something that could, because of the, the great disparity we're seeing 
um, in the Space Brain Codex, these supplements are essentially codexes in and of themselves just by that additional, adding that additional yeah, the, the uh, way that you tactic. play the list, the, the way that those Marines lists play are just so different from one yes. to the other. So, I mean, you so could different. you could say there's probably a bit of parity between White Scars and Raven Guard. They have very similar tactics uh, done differently, but so maybe they'll. Yes, but they're different. Yeah. yeah, and but he's like, and we'll we'll see as the as time goes by. That's something I I'm really curious about. I really hope that this is is what they do for other codexes, but also isn't from a statistics standpoint because I don't want to do that much extra work for every codex <laughs> that comes out down the line. Anyway, we'll see because I'll do it if it happens. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll reluctantly do it if um, you need to. Yeah. Well, thank um, you, Jason. Unfortunately, the Iron Hill, uh, as you kind of already figured out, did not use the Iron Hands rules. Uh, Good or for them. The, <laughs> the Raven Guard rules. Hey, which makes hey, sense. Hey, hey, obviously, hey. they they missed I didn't the cutoff. See, the... like a bajillion dread converted dreadnoughts that I'd have to pull. Yeah, that were mm-hmm. all uh, storm fiends. Skaven uh, storm, storm fiends. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that were Leviathan Dreadnoughts. And, and there would have been yep. so much weeping because none of the Dreadnoughts would die. It, it's true. They just get removed. I mean, they've just been removed anyways. from the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how you kill uh, all of them fair. is call for fair. a judge. <laughs> Whenever you see a Leviathan Dreadnought go forward, you go, get a judge. <laughs> Problem um, solved. <laughs> we're still waiting for the, the big Iron Hands meta to hit us. Um, you know, it, it's still kind of looming we're seeing the rem or the beginnings of it in the ultramarines lists and some smaller tournaments running the iron hands lists and people running the iron hands lists we still haven't seen it yet hit the wild um so it'll be very interesting obviously october is going to be the month uh where we'll definitely see iron hands hit and then we'll get salamanders and imperial fists probably sometime in that same month so and then someday black templars mm. i'm sorry guys <sighs> Someday, yes. and it's going to be really Next bad. Next edition, it's going to no. be really bad. They're going to be. It'll be. Awful. It'll be. You know what? It doesn't matter if they're bad. They're just going to be that. I would play them no matter how bad they are because they are one of my originals. They're going to be Grey Knights bad. I bet. I love it. I love it as long as I can you know, scream and yell at the top of my lungs as I chop down some orcs. Mm. Or, you know, <laughs> or something. I, I agree. I agree. I I uh, bought the Hell's Reach audiobook to work out to. It was a terrible decision. You, it's hard to work out to that, but I did it. Didn't get a lot of working. Did out you done. also work out? No, I did. Oh, I did no. like three chin ups, and I was like, "We're done here." Wow, you did three. That's come really with me, Grimaldus. <laughs> come with so, me, Grimaldus. Uh, what one final shout out? Um, the winner of the High Marshal. Whoa, whoa, award, whoa, whoa! Uh, Jason, why, if you want to, High Marshal Pablo. Sorry, Lord Marshal. Wait, wait, geez. wait. Wait, are we talking wow. Templar still? Yes, we are. Wow. Sick. Okay, I'm really hurt. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm Jason, really hurt. if you can explain um, the uh, Ben Sherwin, Lord, Lord Marshall, the winner of the Lord Marshall. <laughs> What's it called again? Uh, the High Lord Marshall III. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jason, if you could please explain sure. that, um, what what's going on with that, and then we'll move on to the uh, final mini topic of the episode. But there's another topic. My bedtime is like nine thirty. Uh, just, just the oh, FAQ. Okay. Just the, sorry, that's talk. my fault. The FAQ. I'm we'll talk about the FAQ Pablo. about okay. as briefly as it took I'm to read just it. Giving you a hard time. So. it's okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, real quick, uh, we have created uh, the Lord Marshal circuit. It originally started to be just a state title, and then um, we kind of branched out to include some uh, Kansas people, and then it, just, it became just a, a conference of uh, tournaments and RTTs in the Midwest. 
that have banded together because it's just, you know, it's really hard and it's very expensive for a lot of these uh, players to come out to uh, like an LBO or a Nova and actually compete on the on the big stage. So we wanted to make it more accessible. And in our opinion, uh, more games of 40K that are played are better than no games of 40K that are played. And so it's it's been very successful and it's brought tournaments together that uh, I just wouldn't believe. And it's really cool because we've had over 500 participants uh, this year. And uh, uh, this year it was uh, Ben Cherwin uh, that won the Lord Marshal. We gave away this awesome 3D printed power sword. And the cool thing is that it was actually neck and neck all season long. So Dan Sammons, who's uh, who was playing, uh, I believe, a chaos list, uh, they got to play at round two at the Halo. And so basically the Lord Marshal was decided then. And funny thing is, Ben lost that game. And so Ben had to climb up from the bottom of the barrel back on top and actually scored more points in the end to beat Dan out of winning the Lord Marshall by about, I think, five or six points. So really awesome season. I'm looking forward to doing the next one. We actually have an off season, which is the month of October, and we won't start again until November with Midmo Maelstrom and then shortly after their Renegade. That sounds it exciting. Is. I love it when communities get together and sort of run their own sort of like, like, leagues and things like that and and it's cool that it then can all be sort of tied in to the itc through like the tournaments if they're ranked and things like that as well and ben got a uh yeah so one of the prizes is ben got a ticket to 2020 lvo representing the lord marshall conference so how cool is that nice 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 right on yeah and you know I, i encourage this always um i've heard whisperings of people online talking about how um people like jason and uh, other people who run things like this are trying to subvert the ITC, uh, but really, it's all it's it's all good for the community, no matter what. As long as we're recognizing people for hard work, good tournament play, um, and, and you know just general sportsmanship, it, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, cool. it's I, I I laugh at those rumors because I'm like, I don't want to work as hard as Reese. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Reese doesn't want to work yeah, as hard no. as Reese. Like, I have to like. I mean, do you guys know like all the complaints that he gets? I don't want that job. I don't want to have people complain about my code of conduct or yellow card system. Ah, that's not for me. All right. Time for the FAQ. These big, gigantic, super September FAQ happened in a blink of an eye uh, this past week. Uh, and, of course, the Forge World secret FAQ came in right after recently. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet, I think. Is it recording no video? It, it was today. it was earlier today. Yeah, so there you go. Although if you're listening to it, it's been about 24 hours. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, to recap, um, I only care about the whirlwind Hyperios that got nerfed. Uh, that's not the whirlwind Scorpius, by the way. That's the one that lost the whirlwind keyword. That was the big problem that I've been talking about on this podcast. Um, that one definitely needed to get nerfed. Um, Cronus can't go in anymore, lost its whirlwind keyword. I'm talking about that lowly, lowly whirlwind on the next page over from the whirlwind Scorpius in the Forge World Index book. The one I took last two years ago into an ITC tournament, and I swear I think I'm the only one who's ever taken them, um, or even owns the actual Forge World model for that kit. Um, and it was just standing in the wrong place at the wrong time, and GW decided to just hit it with the nerf bat too. Left the Land Raiders alone. Land Raiders still got to keep their Land Raider keyword. 
So it's not a principal thing. It's just a nerf, and unfortunately, R.I.P. Hyperios. It's pretty sad. <laughs> All right. Kronos uh, just lost the keys. He's like, well, I, uh, oh. Here, get in this Land Raider Achilles that no one's buying, Kronos. Eh, I think I'll just stay in the dusty shelf at home. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's thinking. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that's it. Uh, in terms of the the main FAQ, um, Tau have been getting small, tiny buffs in the FAQs lately, which I think are Reese compensation <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> I, I believe it. But Reesio, not Reese. Reesio, Reesio compensation that... things. I yeah. think he's setting up to to blindside the Taos with a huge nerf and chapter approve. So he's just giving oh, Tau players little teeny it. tiny buffs, and then pow, boom, Riptides go up by five hundred points, something like that. I don't know. It's just a guess. But Tau players just invalidate drones. Be on your toes. They will no longer be a choice in the codex. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, they'll get they'll get <laughs> um, put in as a legend, even though they're in the codex. <laughs> they'll be made legends. All of the drums. Uh, but what were your kind of reactions to the FAQ, uh, gentlemen? I think I could say nothing, and that's about as much as yeah, I need to I'm, say. Right now, I'm squeezing my belly button to make it look like a mouth, and that's about as excited as I was about uh, the FAQ, uh, even before I think we're it... going to see more in chapter-proofed. Yeah, we'll absolutely see more chapter-proofed. Um, obviously, they cleared up some of the Gene Sir Cold stuff, um, and some little things. I'm very disappointed that we didn't get anything in the, ter- in the way of terrain rules, terrain clarifications, and yeah. there were some clarifications uh, specifically around the supplements, um, that definitely could have been addressed and cut early. Um, I'm looking at like the successor chapter rules and, and how do you have to take inheritors of the Primarch? Do you have to not? There's a big debate on that, and I know what you're thinking if you're listening to this. Um, if you think you're 100% right, don't, because I've seen people on both sides you know, say that they're 100% right, and it's just as clear as mud, um, and I really would have loved to, for FGOV to have gone in there and clarified a few things specifically about Space Marines, because they were releasing so many rules so quickly, and yeah. the Space Marine supplement FAQs have been lackluster. Mm-hmm. They've been very, very small. I will say the the drone update is absolutely foolish. <laughs> um, the way that I th- you now need... Like your your basic player now needs like a flowchart for how mortal wounds work when they're off of an attack. <laughs> but the the fact that now... If I'm running orcs, which I I don't own anymore, so don't worry, guys. Um, and I want to get my relic sag to actually uh, do damage to a riptide. I have to intentionally try to avoid wounding the riptide, uh, just so that the mortal wounds will actually carry over, um, and not get dissipated onto a single drone. Is absolutely foolish. Just how they could figure that that would work out that way. I mean, I know they just didn't. I know they didn't think that through. But it's so weird. Such a weird ruling. And they needed it, right? Tau desperately needed drones to be better. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Right? No. Okay. Like, I couldn't... So we haven't seen Tau win anything. They time. have... Yeah. Well, according to the internet, if it's been more than two weeks, then a faction has just not <laughs> won a thing. Ever. I, well, to be honest, I do like the fact... At, at the other end of the spectrum, I like that there weren't a lot of changes in the FAQ. It shows... Really, the state of the game right now is not like terrible. Mm, you know, okay. like you know, it's things are. You're seeing variety at the top. Like people seem to be having fun. Yes, there's like all this underlying doom about the new space marines, kind of like taking over the world. But we'll we'll but, see. But we'll is see. that a bad we'll see thing? As it yeah. goes. 
No, I like the fact that Marines are actually relevant right now. It's going to just depend on how relevant they become. I agree. They have not been relevant for so long. It just depends on how relevant, right? If this becomes like a Marines are 30 to 40% of the meta and also like 40 or 50% of the people that are winning events, it's going to sour some people. Really? But But we don't know that for sure. Uh, and well, okay, don't. Yeah, but that was oh. that, that was that was not exactly. fun for anybody no. that exactly. didn't play in Ari. But at the same yeah. time, they didn't technically win it. Anyway, I don't want to get into because I because both sides. Every time Anari come up, both sides of the like Anari debate get mad at me for, and I don't know why. I shouldn't say they get mad, but they send, want send answers, all your right? Emails to like Falcon at forty k. All of the Anari apologists. Whenever like a faction does well, all of the Anari apologists email me and they're like, so how does this compare to Anari? And they want me to say that it's better. And then um, all of the people that hated Anari, like the ones that had a mad passion about it, they also email me with the exact same question, but they want me to tell them that it's nowhere near as bad. And so I'm kind of stuck in the middle, like, well, guys, some things are better and, and some things are worse. But I know that no matter what I send them as an answer, they're uh, going to they're going to accept it as gospel, but only the part they wanted to hear. Right. It's almost like like some kind of anti-vax mom <laughs> uh, sending me emails continually. But it's on both sides of the story this time. And I don't know what to say. So we'll yeah, see. That's how that's how the Falcon can practice his counting. Yeah. One disgruntled <laughs> player. Yeah. Ah. They don't get mad at me. I sh- like I I shouldn't say that. I, that was stepping over. But they're always just like because they they just take what they want to hear and go with it. And I I both love and hate the Inari discussion now because it's been so long. I just wanted to go away. Oh, let's talk about something else. Could you say that it's been reborn? Oh. Ooh, I like it. I like it. To be fair, Good. GW did just just absolutely like plow them under the ground, and it's unfortunate because they shouldn't have been destroyed sorry, as readily. Sorry, as what they was were. in the what was in the list that uh, that was that came undefeated at the? <laughs> I'm not really that offended. Say what? They got plowed in the ground. Ah, uh, not that bad. No, I don't feel bad for them. Anyways, all right, moving on. Moving on. Um, so that's it, guys. That's it for today's episode. Uh, at the end of every episode, we do like to answer questions. Uh, on the Facebook page from our patrons. So if you'd like to ask us questions that we ask answer at the end of every episode, uh, go to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. Consider helping and supporting the podcast for only $5 a month or one Starbucks coffee or one, you know, I'm not going to take that any further. But anyways, $5 a month, you get to uh, support the podcast, keep us going and ask us questions and all sorts of other good stuff. All right. So, Moving on to the questions. The first question from a patron is going to be from Mr. Nikhil. Uh, oh, you know what? We already addressed that. Uh, what do you think the most, uh, from Mr. Nathaniel, what do you think all is the most impactful part of the FAQ being released? Do you think it foreshadows anything we will see coming out in this year's chapter approved? Um, also, do you think there's something of a rock, paper, scissors approach going on in the Marine supplements? Uh, three different questions. Okay, we'll we'll go with the one that we have addressed the least, and that is, um, in the Space Marine supplements, do you think there's a rock paper scissors approach to it, uh, in that they counter each other, or, or do you think that they'll it's a lot more complicated than that? I definitely do believe that. I think that a good Raven God list will smash an Iron Hands list, for example, and I believe a good Iron Hands list will smash a good Ultramarines list, and you know, good Ultramarines list might smash a good Raven Guard list. You know, it's I feel like there's enough differences between each one that we're going to see them sort of counter each other. Yep. I agree. I also agree. It's actually part of my worry is that, is that, and it's, I'm not uh, like all doom and gloom. Like some people 
to a degree. Um, but there is a small worry that when when I talk to like people and like that are you know of a competitive play nature, and I say like, well, what would you do to beat X list? When when I come up with a random thing in my mind, and they're like, oh, I would just play Iron Hands, and I'm like, okay, well, what's not Space Marines that you would play into this list? And they just are like silent for a bit. That oh, that's always gives me just a little bit of fear. Not a lot because it's Warhammer. I I like I I'm scared of way worse things. <laughs> Um, like, um, polar bears. like poltergeists, polar bears. um, polar bears, polar bears are a real, real fear for me. Mooses. Um, so yeah, meese are terrifying. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen one in person. Frig, man, they'll wreck your day and they won't even know you were there. All right. Uh, next question after skipping some trolley questions. Uh, Fred I would have answered know. the trolley question. I would have totally taken a troll question. Oh, um, nah, it's too late now. Okay. All right, all right. Great uh, answer, Fred. Bad. Wants, the trolls have been look, trolled. They're not even good trolley questions. I've I've, I've had good trolley questions. Anyways, so Fred wants to know if he would have asked for pre-approval, but he didn't. Would Matt Root have been allowed to use his Skaven obliterators, his White Scars, and Salt Centurions? If yes, then is there any line that cannot be crossed with proxy models? As long as they're base size and approximate. Yes, there is a uh, really great example, and I'm going to use this in the future. But uh, a guy had sent me a picture of a Eldar flyer with uh, Skittles as the gun, and he said, "Hey, can I use these as uh, D size?" And I'm like, "Really? Really? You're going to attach Skittles to the end of the weapon ports on your flyer and ask me to use these as D size?" And I was like, there's no way I'm approving this. And so he sh- Was the rest of his army Skittle-based? <laughs> well, he did have Skittle. Like a Skittles... <laughs> Is there a Skittle theme? <laughs> I'm just... If there's a Skittles theme, I think... I think there's no way that you don't approve I mean, that, Jason. Uh, this is how the, the flyer goes in. Taste the rainbow! Taste the rainbow! So it all fa- Other than the screaming, I'm all for it. In all it. fairness, he did have a Skittles wrapper on the base of his wire base. <laughs> and oh, his okay. his flyer was all painted in rainbow colors, but uh, so to troll me, to tr- literally troll me, what he did is he he found a D side bit and attached it to the front of the Skittles gun. And I was like, "You ah, con!" Because there's really nothing I can do. And then you broke the model and in half and threw it in the garbage. No, no, he stamped it approved. At oh that point, he was, was out I mean, I mean, we I mean. were at the tournament, and it literally had the weapon. It just had, like, a Skittle. And I was like, touche. Touche. <laughs> so, for me at least, I <laughs> wouldn't approve it. If someone sent me that and were like, this is a salt censure in, but it's clearly um, modeled to be something else. Um, then it's a right. no for me. I understand there is a time um, where there's like a rule of cool that can apply. Um, and that's going to be from a person to person perspective. But if I was running an event and I've run a couple in my day and someone sent me that and we're like, this is what I want to use as X, it, it would have been a, a firm no. Um, if the mo- like, there's something to be said if the rest of his army was somehow um, similarly built. So there was a theme um, and then the weapons matched up. Um, yeah. so like if he, instead of a plasma cannon on that shoulder, um, if you've seen the picture, um, he actually had like two mounted flamers. If the hands had drills. weapons that were yeah. kind of, you know, drills or claws or something, then, then yes, I could see myself if, if I would probably say, Hey, can you send me pictures from the rest of your army? Just so I get an idea what's going on here. Um, but yeah, no, from, uh, from what he, what was, what was shown? No, like it, not everything flies. 
for sure. There was a there's a really cool example that I like to use. Um, Ricky Johnson from uh, from Canada, you know, big competitive gamer from uh, from the region, and he built an entire. You know, back when the Turvagon spam was a big thing, yeah, you could like spawn unlimited Turvagons. Well, he he'd made an entire Tyranid army that was zombie based, like it was zombie zombie ogres converted to be zoanthropes with big brains and like zombie um uh corpse carts as the turvagons that had all been converted to like basically just to dump corpses onto the ground to create more zombies that were his turvagons and things like that and there was a clear theme to the list you know you had a giant um a giant a, a fantasy giant like a zombie giant be like swarm lord that he'd converted with like four arms and like four big blades and stuff like that and and i feel like if there's that sense of like theme as you were saying right and there's clear effort put in and it's not necessarily something that's super confusing you know all the power to somebody who wants to get stuff approved yep, absolutely for an event. but still send it to the yeah. to so, for approval so they know what's yeah. going on yeah, yeah. don't yeah. just bring it don't just bring it. Don't bring your your Seraphon or Lizardman Salamander's army, even though it looks super cool and we get what you're trying to do. Um, call them Space Marine Salamanders instead. Um, are you planning that, Peter? It, it sounds like No, no, but uh, I used to be quite the Lizardman aficionado back in my day uh, when I played uh, 7th and 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy. And uh, I definitely saw people do it and thought how cool it would be for me to cross over to 40k in that way. But I didn't want to put in the effort they did. Like, they had, like, dinosaur egg drop pods and shit. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But, man, I'm a father. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Um... So uh, just just real quick, uh, just so we're sure something up here, I'm not going to add more much more to this. Um, in general, I, I can think I can make an exception for almost any conversion, um, especially if they're converted well. However, in general, proxy models I am almost always against, um, and it doesn't te- it doesn't depend entirely on the rest of the army. Um, if there's a set theme, if if the proxy or the conversion fits the theme of the rest of the army, then you're fine. However. Storm fiends, Skaven dudes with loyalist space marines is probably not okay, especially because they're proxies. Mm. So no, no conversions. Could at least given them bolt guns or something. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, all right. Uh, patron Monty wants to know uh, if uh, he wants to know what everyone's favorite non-competitive unit is and why they like it. I'll um, go first. And then the I'm, second I'm question. pretty excited. Oh, go ahead, Jason. The entire Grey Knights Codex, except for Paladins. Except Aww. for Paladins. You made a new They're friend. all his favorite units. You made a new friend. It's not me. I mean, all Grey Knights. I'm, I'm sure going to be did. a brand new Grey Knight player, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, Aww. okay. Well, congratulations. Talk to. I feel like he's also going to be a very quick ex Grey Knight No, 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 no. You don't, you don't <laughs> understand my strategy, Gary. I'm a terrible 40k player. So what I'm doing is hiding my terribleness behind a terrible faction. That way I'm not That's very terrible. That's a good terrible. idea, man. No so one will ever think you're terrible. It's a really good way of coping with a fear of failure. Just <laughs> to just fail as best as you can. If you're going to go big, you might as well go big. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Non-competitive unit. Uh, Scar, you want to go? I, I have mine, but... I want to say my favorite non-competitive unit has to be the court of the archon models mm. 
things like the Medusa, the Urgol, Lamian, you know, the Lamian. Like you don't really like other than before using them for like dedicated transportness. Like I love just taking them for fun because an Archon would definitely go to battle with a bunch of them following him around. That's the only reason they get put in my list. Right on. Peter? Um, for me, it's Alaris Terminators. Fair enough. Um, I, I really like a lot of the random Space Marine stuff. Whirlwind Hyperios is, for now, um, Whirlwinds in general have always been, you know, kind of Fontors, but Whirlwind Hyperios is, they're a four-drilled unit. Um, they're probably one of my favorites. And if not them, then Cyclops Demolition Vehicles. Oh man, Ooh, you love those. Those are, those are so I I played the shit out of those. Those in Whirlwind Hyperioses back when Eighth Edition first dropped. But they I were, remember they watching your really bad, crappy battle reports. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't I don't dare use them now, especially now that the Whirlwind Hyperios has lost the Whirlwind keyword. Mm. They're already they're unplayable now. <laughs> my my um, favorite is the Alaris Terminator from Custodes. Um, I they're just such a beautiful model. They've got some ni- nice kitschy rules uh, that can catch people off guard. Uh, the, like the consolidate into characters instead of the closest model is really really cool when you pull it off. I've done some tricks with them that I love, but there's just better options out there, unfortunately, for Custodes. All right, and then finally, uh, Nick. Oh, Nick wanted to know what everyone's opinions were on the Marvel partnership that Jimmy just announced, but we already talked about that at the beginning. I love it. I have a boner. It's so good. I'm so excited. It's great. 16 hours later. (laughs) Should we go see somebody about that? Mm, They're just going to let it stay. We'll see what happens. Uh, Should go watch a Disney movie for that. Oh, no. Uh, Pablo. I didn't say what kind of Disney again. What? 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 <laughs> All right. There's a what? this to tune off. <laughs> and therefore, chapter tactics is quickly disbanded. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. If you'd like to uh if you'd like to check Scarry out and if you what? liked his accent, if you'd like what he did, if you like his gentlemanly nature, Scarry, where can they find you? In my house. Whoa. There you um, go. <laughs> Uh, you can head on over to uh, Scardcast on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Twitter, all that good stuff. Right on. And then, uh, Peter, they've heard of you before. You've been around long enough. Yeah, you can find I'm, them at 40kstats.com. I've been around. Still and, trying to figure this Disney thing out. I'm just... <laughs> Don't you have a kid? I have three. They, they have not? I'm just Had you uh, anyway. Disney movies? Oh, uh, I'm just—it's the sexual thing that Pablo was trying to get. <laughs> I'm trying to get around. Like, it's hard. How are just, we going to end this? Ep- move away. Can we just end this episode from, right here? Just move away no, from it not? before you are traumatized. Uh, maybe more than maybe I just have been corrupted by you guys. I think that's it right there. No. no. All right, and then finally, Jason Horn. Jason, where can they find your awesome? So uh, uh, you can check out our uh, live streams on Twitch.tv/slash IronHaloTV. And you can check out our Facebook page about our GT at just type in uh, Iron Halo GT or look us up on the web, ironhalo.org. All right, perfect. All right, next week we start our Space Marine reviews. Uh, we're going to start them a little bit early to get into the middle of October to hopefully finish them before the SoCal Open. So stay tuned for that. Uh, next week we'll probably talk White Scars and Ultramarines, but we're definitely going to get some good Space Marine players on. Brandon Grant does have a lot of interesting things to say about Space Marines. And, of course, I do as well. Thank you all so much for listening. You are all the best listeners in the world. And, as always, have a good one. Peace. Bye.